When a Canadian veteran picked up the phone and called Veterans Affairs Canada to get treatment for his combat-related PTSD and a traumatic brain injury, he expected help getting better and getting his life back. Instead, he got an unexpected and unwanted offer to help him end it through medically-assisted death. Multiple sources have told Global News the veteran was shocked. The agent on the other end of the phone raised MAID as an alternative to treatment out of the blue. In a statement to Global News, VAC confirmed the allegation, saying the department was recently made aware of an incident involving a veteran client and a Veterans Affairs Canada employee, where medical assistance in dying was discussed inappropriately. VAC deeply regrets what transpired. That uh, part of that report from Mercedes Stevenson last night. Of course, this raises a lot of concerns. Now, uh, Veterans Affairs has looked into it. They say that uh, medical assistance in dying was discussed inappropriately. They're investigating in a statement they said providing advice pertaining to medical assistance in dying is not a VAC service. Uh, they have no mandate. Employees have no mandated role to recommend medical assistance in dying to veteran clients. They deeply regret what has transpired, but it has certainly raised alarm bells for a number of reasons for veterans groups. And joining me now is retired Captain Phil Ralph, who's Director of Health Services with Wounded Warriors Canada. Thank you for your time tonight. Oh, glad to be on. Thank you. I mean, this one kind of boggles the mind, doesn't it, a bit? What was your initial reaction when you were first told about this? Well, I mean, as as the reaction across the country has been uh, from veterans and from just, you know, anybody who's heard this story, it was just plain wrong. Yeah, not, uh, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to imagine what would have prompted it, uh, but certainly Veterans Affairs have come out and said it was inexcusable, or at least they're investigating. Is that enough of a response as far as you're concerned? Well, it, it probably highlights the fact that, I mean, you have caseworkers uh, all, all throughout the department, and it really asks, it begs the question as to what kind of training is, is uh, given to these um, caseworkers. And uh, and do they really understand uh, the clientele they're talking to? I mean, one of the things we know uh, at Wounded Warriors Canada is that, uh, you know, when somebody reaches out for help, we, we've done a lot of work in this country on on telling people to uh, reach out when they when they have difficulty, when they have problems to ask for help. But then the key thing is when that individual uh, reaches out for help, what then is the response? Because you often only get one chance to respond properly. And in this case, obviously, it was completely the wrong response. You make, a, obviously, you know this and you make a great point. Uh, often mm. the decision to reach out for help is, is mm. one that takes a long time. And the expectations when one does is that there will be help on the other end of the line when they pick up that phone. Yes. And, and that's why, I mean, we... I mean, Wounded Warriors Canada is a national mental health service provider for veterans, first responders, and their families. Uh, traditionally, we have been in the downstream treatment program and, and group residential uh, clinically facilitated programming. But we've noticed in the last number of years, and particularly throughout the COVID period, that uh, more things need to be done upstream, and particularly in creating trauma-informed workplaces and and in, in those that are uh, helping uh, in the veteran and first responder community to understand the culture of how veterans and first responders think and the help that they need directly. So that's why we're 
we are offering training um, to people that are put in those positions. Because often um, these are people that don't particularly understand the unique way that veterans and first responders think. Yeah, tell me about that, because I guess the concern is not, I mean, the discussion in general, as you mentioned, was wrong. Uh, the fact that it was presented unprompted is probably where the real concern lies here, right? Um, tell me a bit about just about what needs to be known when, when soldiers and first responders reach out for this kind of help. Well, I mean, we, we need to, you know, we need to have a trauma lens on things and, and an appropriate response. And that takes training. You know, the, the once somebody reaches out, what's the so what? What follows that? Um, you know, what questions need to be asked? I, I have no idea who this particular caseworker was, uh, what their what their training is, and and whether or not uh, you know they were in a position where they just felt they didn't have an answer and 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 just you know reacted instinctively, inappropriately, and wrongly. But it, it really asks the question, what, what kind of training really is there? Uh, so listeners understand the impact that that could have yeah. on someone who is reaching out for help, uh, may not have the answers themselves, are looking to someone mm-hmm. for those answers, and then the topic of, of medically, uh, medical assistance in dying is brought up. Yeah, and, and you're talking about some of the most vulnerable people. Uh, I mean, we know statistics uh, you know, uh, I've borne out over the over the last decade or so that um, the rate of uh, those that uh, lose their life due to suicide among veterans and first responders is higher than the general population. And so you have to be particularly. Um, oh, I'm trying to trying to think of the exact well, word. Well, in, in, in tuned in, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> or, tuned in, or, or understanding, aware of, of where these people are coming from. And, and the, you know, the very fact that, that any person, um, even regardless of, of their training, and, you know, we, we need to do a lot more on the training side, would even suggest that to a vulnerable person is just unconscionable. Is there concern that this is not an isolated case? And, and, and if you had any reaction today just at your organization about this? Well, it, it, it you know, I mean, over the years, uh, you know, we, we have fielded many calls on, you know, how uh, Veterans, Veterans Affairs, um, you know, treats its clients and, and how their the response has been. And, you know, there, there are lots of anecdotal um, horror stories out there. And uh, veterans and, and those that care for veterans have always been concerned that they get the right response uh, because it's a, a large bureaucratic organization that is, can be very daunting to somebody who's struggling particularly with a mental health issue. So, you know, again, um, we need to educate um, those that uh, are on that front line to answer those calls on just what is culturally appropriate response to somebody who is struggling with uh, issues surrounding trauma, and particularly uh, those that, you know, are are affected adversely by an operational stress injury such as PTSD. I'm sure it'd be helpful to know, I guess, if there had been other cases like this, though, 
just to just to find yeah. out whether this was a one-off or whether this was something that was sort of creeping into the kind of services that were being offered to veterans who called. Well, I mean, as as Mercedes, uh, you know, reported, the, the department has uh, issued a statement, and and the minister has said it's unacceptable. So, I mean, that is a, a hopeful sign to recognize that it was plain that the department is not asked, uh, you know, giving any excuses, which is a hopeful sign, I guess, in some ways. But uh, yeah. Uh, is this an isolated case? I mean, we really don't know. Retired Captain Phil Ralph, Director of Health Services with Wounded Warriors, is with us this half hour. We're talking about uh, an incident where a veteran called in for to Veterans Affairs for for some for help. Uh, he was suffering from a traumatic brain injury and PTSD, and he was offered unsolicited advice about uh, medical medical assistance in dying and just some of the concerns surrounding that. Um, Phil, over the last several years, there's been a lot of talk about uh, about awareness about mental health for veterans uh, and just the challenges they face and, and, and a lot of promises for improvements. Uh, how are we doing? Well, it depends on which areas you're looking in. I mean, one of the things uh, that, that we have seen, I mean, one of the things that came out and when we're talking about this particular issue, when we were talking about training before the break. Uh, one of the things that we've developed as an internal resource, realizing that there hasn't been enough um, culturally appropriate training out there, is we launched a, a site um, called Warrior Health that's a resource, not only for uh, resources for veterans and uh, first responders that are str- and their families that are struggling, but, uh, but another side that, that addresses those that are giving them care. Uh, one of the uh, resources that we developed uh, in this past year is uh, introduction to trauma exposed professionals it's a it's an online course it was developed in conjunction and with funding from atlas which is uh you know many people would know as the center of excellence for ptsd that was their former name uh, in ottawa out of the out of the, the royal hospital there the royal royal hospital in ottawa and uh you know we we developed this program and uh uh put it online and offered it as a resource. And uh, Atlas uh, graciously funded uh, 500 uh, free spots to those that are giving care to veterans across the country. And I can tell you that that the number of individuals that uh, responded to that program, we now have, and this is just in the first uh, month and a half by word of mouth and Facebook and other things, we, we have upwards of 400 uh, healthcare providers of all kinds, from from chiropractors all the way to to psychologists that have been doing this work for years, uh, enrolled in this program, taking this program, and and we're just you know raising the bar on awareness, and but not just awareness, but understanding of just what language is appropriate, how to how to speak to things, um, and, and so this is the kind of innovation that needs to be done. Um, you know, we've also, we as an organization, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, even prior to this, have been in contact with uh, the department and offering, the, you know, whatever we can do to help and to train and to offer the resources that we have because um, we've developed some expertise in this area uh, to assist uh, the department in responding in a a professional and culturally appropriate way, uh, we're, we stand ready to help. I guess if there's any small silver lining in all this is that we're talking about it again. Yeah, and, and talking, you know, um, 
you know, often in these stories, we, we could focus on the negative part, but let's, let's talk about what, what, what can we do to improve this situation? And, you know, introduction to trauma exposed professionals that, you know, is, is, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're out there on the West coast. Uh, we're fortunate that, uh, I think one of the foremost areas uh, and experts in this area is, is located in the West Coast, and he happens to be, um, you know, our one of our national uh, clinical advisors, Dr. Tim Black at the University of Victoria. Um, you know, he's been working in this field for years. He's developed many of our programs and upstream programs and the kind of uh, psychoeducation that he's giving, not only in, in the treatment programs that we offer for veterans and first responders, but now, in particular, to those that are giving care so that they uh, respond appropriately. Um, you know, I, I'm located here in the province of Ontario, and uh, we, we've been working with the, the Solicitor General in, in the first responder world and, and offering uh, treatment. And finally, in, on the workman's compensation area, they, they've developed a specialty program just for first responders, understanding that they... Uh, see the world differently, as do veterans. Phil Ralph, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you.